being in the community, serving the community, that's when you can make a difference as a church. Uh, because if your church is in, the, in this community, if your church didn't exist, would the community ever notice a difference? And so when a student ministry, if you could take that on to say, hey, we want to make a difference here by serving our people and loving our people, that's when you'll start seeing more kids want to show up, more parents want to be involved, and uh, you have buy-in from, the, uh, from your surrounding area. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today we are talking with newly named Tennessee Baptist Mission Board Youth Ministry Specialist, Jay Barbier. What's up, man? How's it going? Fantastic. Well, apparently we have lowered our hiring standards to have hired uh, like an LSU fan here in Tennessee, but I guess you're the best. Go Tigers. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's obvious that uh, there's really nothing that I can say at this point because you are reigning national champions. and, And so, but hey, Tennessee, next year, we're there. National champs, baby. Let's go. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, I hear you. Hey, I'm a Tennessean now. I've been That's out true. of the, the state of Louisiana since 2011, so I am I feel like I've earned my right. My children actually have been in Tennessee longer now than any other state. Yeah, but I, I've noticed that you still have a closet full of purple. Purple and gold, because that's the way Jesus intended, purple for the royalty <laughs> and the streets of gold. There you go. Um, I would say something about orange, but I don't know how that correlates to heaven. So uh, other than Knoxville, Neyland Stadium, but – Anyway, we're not here to talk about SEC rivalries because um, right now there's really not one. But uh, we're here to talk about all things youth in Tennessee, and you are uh, the officially named uh, youth ministry specialist. What is exactly does that mean? Uh, as youth specialist, my job is to serve churches. Uh, working with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, it has been an honor and privilege for the last two years. Uh, to be able to go around to build relationships with uh, youth pastors, with youth leaders, with churches. Uh, For me, one of my main focuses is as I go around with these relationships, I'm also taking opportunities to preach, um, to do any kind of conferences just to help a church where they are and how do we help move the, the ball forward when it comes to evangelism, discipleship, anything that we can do to serve them. Yeah, and, and you are like one of our biggest advocates for evangelism, but you're also one of our biggest advocates for discipleship, especially among youth. Just talk a little bit about your background because you come from a youth ministry background yeah, and and still see yourself very much as a youth minister who happens to work here. But, but just talk a little bit about why you see discipleship as such an important component of the youth ministry in a church, and as it relates to evangelism. Uh, no doubt. I, I don't think you can't separate the two. Uh, that's the one of the things is when I got saved at 18, uh, my view of uh, as I went through high school, I was a non-believer. Uh, so uh, I, I think things a little differently. Uh, but as a minister of the gospel with my background, in my early 20s where I felt God started to call me into ministry, went on my first mission trip, exposed me the first opportunity I got to evangelize, and the Lord laid it on my heart that if I'm going to do it anywhere, I better start doing it back home. And I've taken that mentality into the ministry, into the community, wherever I live, wherever I serve. And I've been a bivocational minister. I was actually a bread man 
uh, for Wonder Bread for years, and that has helped me uh, in ministry because I have that salesman mentality of how do we go and provide for the customer. And I feel like if we look at our communities, if we look at our churches with that understanding of the customer's always right, the person, we're there uh, to serve them, not the other way around. It changes the mentality and understanding of how you do ministry. And when you look at evangelism and discipleship, you can't just go tell people about Jesus and then leave it like that. You leave them then in the chair of uh, as a new believer that they're a babe in Christ. They need to be fed. They need to be cared for. So how do we move that forward? That The way that happens is through discipleship, disciple-making. And as a minister, our job, our goal is not to just go in a real quick, hey, let me lead them to Jesus, but it's how do we go forward with this for disciple-making as we lead somebody to Jesus as we train other peoples to lead people to Jesus. They go and do that, and then it's replicating over and over and over again. That is never something that stops. It's ongoing. Well, excuse me, and you've talked about just that whole idea that that you're trying to, in your youth ministry, raise up kids that have a great commission vision. Uh, you've talked about what missions means to you, and you see yourself as really— uh, a missionary yes. in many respects, and that the completion of that cycle is to have that long-term vision where where kids do see themselves as missionaries, not just disciples or in a youth. Is that possible to see that type of vision really give birth inside of somebody that's 15 or 16 years old? Oh, no doubt. Uh, and it's all because of relationship-based. And as a person that follows Jesus— uh, our marching orders are Matthew 28, 19, as you go, make disciples. So what we do is we have to gather people around us and pour into them just the way Jesus modeled this with the 12 disciples. You're always going to be around a small group. You're always going to be around a large group. You have all these opportunities. But how do we gather people? And as we go, we train them, we show them, we teach them. And honestly, I think people learn best by example. Um, I am a person that wants to lead others to Jesus, not only because of what Scripture says, but I had pastors and deacons and individuals in the church that helped me. They showed me. They brought me to visitation. They brought me when they had conversations with people in the church. So it started for me as a uh, young man, uh, as a new believer, uh, being mentored and discipled. And that led into me when I surrendered to the ministry of doing the same thing because I learned best when I watched other people do it. Yeah, and you've talked about how, um, you know, in a perfect world, youth ministry is great, all kids come to the Lord, and, and how, you know, they all get discipled. But the truth is a lot of our youth ministers face a lot of challenges. What are some of the challenges that you not only experienced when you were a youth minister, but some that you've just seen as you've been going across Tennessee and building relationships with the youth ministries these past couple of years? I think everything starts with creating a culture. Uh, you can't do this alone. Uh, a youth pastor that tries to be the one-man show, uh, the one-person show, everything gets, everything is on them. And so if we do this in, in a way of how do we try to gather an army, build an army around us, and this means how do we raise up kids, uh, like as in students, to be uh, student ministry about them, that they're the ones giving mission moments. They're talking about their testimony. They're, you're building the student ministry on them. I, I believe churches can be successful in student ministry. When you take the focus off of one personality and you lay it down to where it's many people now that are tearing, uh, carrying the mantle uh, of student ministry, uh, 
in student ministry, one of the most important things that was ever taught to me uh, was uh, it's, it's a threefold ministry. You have to spend time with students, you have to spend time with leaders, and you have to spend time with parents. And when you look at that, that means really a third of your time should be with students, a third of your time uh, with these leaders. How do you invest in these leaders so that they go and they pour into these kids? Because one person can probably effectively reach one to 20 people. But if you pour yourself into five people, you have just uh, expanded your army. Mm -hmm. But then if we spend a third of our time with parents and giving them resources, uh, that it's the discipleship can go so much deeper because you have that going on at home. Uh, I have the privilege. I have two teenagers in my home that my son is about to be 18, and he's called to ministry. And why is that? I have put people in his path uh, for mentoring, for discipleship. But I've also, as a father and my wife, we have kept kept him accountable. We we constantly preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. We constantly love him. If we mess up, we 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 let our family know our faults. Uh, when he messes up, we 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 help him to see that hey, it's okay. That look at look, let's let's try to get you back on path. And praise God, there's never been any major problems. But I think it's because of the accountability of the Word of God, but also. Uh, constant discipleship. That's what discipleship is. It's it's this this ongoing process of loving Jesus, and as you love Jesus, you love others. Yeah, and you, you touched on something there that I think is just really very important. Youth ministry is not just about the youth, but you mentioned the parents, and I'm a parent of a 17-year-old, and boy, in today's world, kids just have everything coming at them, and parents are just not equipped to deal with the changing technology that's on a yeah. smartphone or, uh, you know, the things that the kids are exposed to or that they have access to. So you very much have a passion to see youth ministers be successful with that parent component as oh, well. Yes. Just talk a little bit about, you know, why, why a successful youth ministry definitely helps create successful parents. Oh, no doubt. Uh, a, successful youth ministry, you're going to be pouring into these parents. Now, granted, you might only have less than half of your students actually have active parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if it's one family in your church that you can pour into, you're you're doing more than you did before. Yeah. And so when we look at that, we got to look at this from a perspective of, let's try to just move this forward instead of setting unreal expectations. But how do we t- you know pour into some parents and tell tell them and teach them, hey, how do you have devotion? How do you have a family worship time? And so I think some people take that as, I don't have time every day to get in the Word and do a family worship service. Well, why don't you just do that once a month? Start off like that. Then you take it from an opportunity. How can I do do it every week? And then if you're a gung-ho family that wants to spend a lot of time together doing this, do it every day. But let's just try to move the ball forward a little um, from where we are to where we want to go. And I know in my family, I've had some great moments of we'll sit down. And actually, when I was going through school, I studied this from the Reformation. I looked at what was the difference from when it was very religious to then when people started owning what the Bible taught. And we saw where the movement that started from God was families would actually sit down and read the Word together. Then they would just sing a song together and they would pray. That can be an awesome family altar, family devotion time that— it's very simplistic, and just read the Word together because I believe any movement we've ever seen uh, of a God, it started with the reading and teaching of the Word. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, it is 
I mean, to go into it with the expectation we're going to do this for an hour every night, six <laughs> nights a week. There's but, no way. you know, even if it was five minutes, three times a week, that's still more than, unfortunately, a lot of families even have time with, with all the activities. But to really uh, concentrate on that time, I mean, it's, you know, something moving in that direction is, yeah. is better than nothing. One of the things you're going to be working on is just really trying to come up with a process or a plan for for helping youth ministers. Just talk briefly about kind of what you have on the horizon, the direction you see the youth ministry ministry here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board going over this uh, next year or so. Yeah, we want to create a pipeline for student ministry that uh, every church can adapt to what we're trying to do. Uh, our goal is to serve churches. So uh, whether it's a full-time guy that is just trying to maybe move to a new area, uh, maybe it's a bivocational uh, a leader, or maybe even it's a volunteer. How can we have a model uh, that a church can adapt it to their community, to adapt it to their culture that they can do? And it could be little things like uh, ways on ramps for discipleship, for evangelism, for missions, for parent resources. And what we want to do is how do we partner with them uh, so that ministry can happen? Uh, the key, I think, that a lot of people miss is they think student ministry is done Wednesday night when all the kids gather and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, and they never get in their community. So if we can start uh, moving the ball forward when it comes to uh, being in the community, serving the community, that's when you can make a difference as a church. Uh, because if your church is in, the, in this community, if your church didn't exist, would the community ever notice a difference? And so when a student ministry, if you could take that on to say, hey, we want to make a difference here by serving our people and loving our people, that's when you'll start seeing more kids want to show up, more parents want to be involved, and uh, you have buy-in from the uh, from your surrounding area. Yeah, and this, this plan that you're talking about and the thing you'll be developing, I mean, that's not some prescriptive thing that you're just developing in a bubble and sending out. You're doing. You're going to be doing that in collaboration with oh, yeah. youth ministers. We're wanting to to grab uh, several uh, student ministers across our state from different uh, size churches, different backgrounds, uh, because every one of these things, uh, one one molding is not going to fit every church. Yeah. But if I can get a guy to give a perspective as a bivocational, if I can get a, a young lady that's a, help, a leader because they don't have the church doesn't have the money to, uh, to fund anybody for youth ministry, but they have some awesome leaders in their church that hey, this could be adaptable for them. So we're looking from uh, just perspective from everybody as I go around the state networking and building relationships. That's the things that I'm the questions I'm asking, uh, the opportunities that I'm doing just to listen to conversations. Well, one of the big opportunities that people have here in Tennessee is right at your doorstep, the Youth Evangelism Conference, which has been going for 50-plus years now, and a lot of people across the state can trace either their decision to follow Christ or their decision to follow the Lord in ministry yeah. back to YEC. So just talk a little bit about when that is and uh, kind of what's going to happen on that date. Oh, yeah. Uh, March 13th and 14th is YEC, our Youth Evangelism Conference. I am ecstatic, excited. Uh, for the last uh, month, um, I kind of put together, we've been walking through 30 days of prayer for mm -hmm. YEC. Uh, you could follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YEC Tennessee. 
and you'll be able to see what we're praying for. And we're specifically praying for things. Yesterday was kind of a fun day for me uh, that we prayed that every student ministry, as they travel to YEC, as they're there, as they're here in Nashville, and as they travel back home, how can they be the hands and feet of Jesus? Mm. That means how can they love others? And when we look at that from a perspective, oh, it's incredible what we can do because YEC exists so that we can preach the gospel unashamedly, and we're going to offer an opportunity for students. What do they do with the gospel? Some of them have never given their life to Jesus. They've never surrendered to Jesus. And we're hoping that this could be the time that they give their everything to him. For some people, this might be the opportunity for them to say, you know what, I need to start telling people about Jesus. For others, it could be, I want to surrender to full-time ministry. And we want to help capture that. We want to help use that as a, as a way of uh, this marker in their life so that they can go back to their community and win people to Jesus. Well, I know that registration for YEC closes here at the end of February. Yes. But if you miss that, it doesn't mean you miss out on YEC if you still want to go. You can still buy tickets at the door, and we will take as many people. Let's pack out that place. Uh, we're really excited this year. We have uh, we're opening up on Friday and Saturday with two concerts with Colton Dixon, Local Sound, a great uh, Christian artist with awesome stories. Uh, and they're going to be lifting high the name of Jesus. But then we're going to go into worship with Daniel Doss. He's one of our own Tennessee Baptist worship leaders. Uh, I'm loving to, to use our local people uh, that are doing ministry uh, as Tennessee Baptist. And then on Friday night, we have Clayton King. He's one of the best uh, evangelistic preachers that I've ever been around and just uh, knows how to preach the gospel. But then how, what do you do with that? Uh, and then on Saturday, we have Nick Person. He is another one of our Tennessee Baptist uh, pastors and just really uh, excited about that. And for fun, on Friday night, we have 321 Improv, just a, a, an opportunity to maybe to break the ice for some of these kids that that's going to give them a view of Christianity, Christianity from a different perspective. And so uh, we try to hit YEC at so many different angles from the concert field, but none of those things are as important as – uh, the preaching of the gospel. That's where my main focus is. is when, I, when I lay everything out on what we're trying to do, we want to proclaim Jesus as king and offer students an opportunity uh, to give their life to him. Well, and YEC has for years and years and years drawn thousands of kids to uh, Nashville uh, for this. And every year there are hundreds of decisions that are made, whether it is a call to ministry or, you know, a uh, answering a, a call to follow Christ as a disciple and those types of things. So his track record speaks for itself. For a lot of our churches across Tennessee, this is their big, big event for yeah. their youth. They, they just don't have a lot of resources maybe to invest in big youth projects, but they see this as a priority and they come and they, they expose their uh, teenagers to this opportunity. So it is important. And I know you've just been passionate about uh, people just, uh, if the best way they can to participate in it is to pray uh, and just lay a foundation yeah. going into that, that you've been been really uh, focused on that as well. And just to take it, uh, uh, to move the ball farther when it comes to discipleship, uh, we have now introduced, uh, we give each believer. So if a student comes uh, forward at YEC, uh, to give their life to Christ, uh, to surrender to Jesus. 
uh, we give them a, a new believer book, and that walks them through what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus for the next 30 days. And for us, it's an, just an opportunity to, to give them a resource to, to move forward with. And now we're uh, partnering with several uh, Christian universities that are going to give us a book uh, for the call to ministry. And we're, we're trying to do everything in our best effort. How can we help the local church uh, grow and develop these students to, to be the world changers of tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I tell you one thing we've loved about your heart since you've been here is just a focus on exposing kids to the gospel for the purpose of seeing them come to a relationship with Christ and then setting them on the road to discipleship so that they will be the next generation of missionaries, whether that's just in their school or possibly around the world someplace. So, well, Jay, what's the best way for somebody to reach you? I'm sure email is is probably, you know, if they're just wanting to bounce an idea off of you or try to connect with you to have you come out and just visit with them and maybe give some assessment or some support or whatever, how could, how could somebody get in touch with you? Uh, through email, social media. Um, if you if you email me, you'll end up getting my cell phone, and I would love to have a conversation. But I would love to uh, even come out, visit with uh, you and your church, and just what can I do uh, as a Tennessee Baptist missionary to help serve the local church? Awesome. Well, Jay, thanks so much. We'll definitely probably follow up with a podcast, uh, Radio BNR, on on how YEC went. We're expecting great things for that, the Lord to really move, and so we'll look look forward to reporting that. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.